women's performance are typically underestimated and men's are typically overestimated. And as a result of that, women have to show up more to be rated equally confident. You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a B2B podcast that brings you the juiciest insights from go-to-market leaders and practitioners. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Paris Garcia. Today, I'm super excited to talk to Jenny Fuss on why we are still talking about gender bias. Jenny and her leadership team are spearheading a global financial shared service organization with focus on driving standardization, centralization, and automation. All their programs are embedded in a digital transformation playbook. Some areas to be successful are already clear, and some areas they still need to play and find out. However, one element they never lose is people development and culture. Leading a 1,200-plus organization, as well as being an influential department, inclusion and diversity and its action are daily must-dos to create work environment. Recently, she and the employee research group WAVE, Women Adding Value at Eaton, organized ally advocacy discussion circles which turned out to be a great success. They tripled the participation rate in those circles from 2021 to 2022 and had 300 plus circles organized with 3000 plus participants. Their circles facilitated discussion to enable participants for a candid and open discussions about gender bias and provide a safe place to exchange these ideas about how to thrive for gender equity and equality. Jenny, I'm really excited to talk to you today and welcome to the show. Hi, Sunny. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Perfect. So the first question we have for you today is, why is there a need to talk about gender bias, even in today's world? Yeah, I think I would love to keep it really short and simple, right? Just saying like women and girls represent half of our world's population, period. However, just because the numbers are equal, it doesn't yet mean that we have reached equality between men and women. And these days, I would even add, like, even if the law is on our side, right, in the day-to-day life, we are not there yet. And we still have this interference by gender bias, which is happening conscious and unconscious. It's very true. The need to address it is very real in today's world. And how it is. Has- it oh. is. And, and if I, you know, just like to add to that, why that is a need. When we think of women in the workplace, I feel like it's holding back. It's holding us back in situations where it is about the hiring. It's about the promotions and in some day-to-day interactions. And so the big question for employers and leaders is actually, how do we tap into the potential of 50% of the world's population? All right. The next question we have for you guys is how gender bias affects performance evaluations. Yeah. I want to reiterate that gender bias is happening for everyone. So the first place is to look out for it and take steps to counteract on this. In an example of performance evaluation, we talk about this as a performance bias Women's performance are typically underestimated and men's are typically overestimated. And as a result of that, women have to show up more to be rated equally competent. And 
let's take a real example when a company is performing a, a talent review and one of the managers in that review argues against a woman's promotion with the you know with the argument that she is not seen as a leader and you know i put myself in such a room and then i would say hmm why is that because her team and herself are delivering outstanding results and in those moments the question would then for me how do i react if i you know sense that there may be agenda bias in the room and in this particular case i think it also comes with the clarity on the attribute right what does what is the attribute of a leader because if that's not clear the first trap is probably that it leaves the room for personal preference and personal gender bias okay and what should be the right approach to gauge performance on the gender bias evaluation yeah so it is about asking in that room the question to reflect right what is the missing attribute you miss in that person as a leader and you know in that moment i would know that her team is actually really good i would probably say and point to that the team's performance is there so what is the missing attribute i think that's a great way to approach it i was actually <clears throat> i wanted to go off script for a second that's if you take the numbers and the data and you actually present it to people who are unconsciously giving gender bias i think that it really speaks for the person not the gender of the person who's doing the job so i like that you bring that to the to the table when you're gauging the performance of people yeah and and i i would say i have really great experience with asking a question when i sense you know sometimes i'm not sure if there's gender bias in the in the play right and i also figured out that approaching it too direct may set people off and they may not understand why i'm asking a challenging question so they approaching it in those ways and asking like so what are you missing there it helps people to think through their justification why they think that person is not a leader in this particular example and with the simple questioning i thought it really reduced the bias in decision making that's amazing it's kind of like calling them on it and then making them explain why their reasoning is that way and if it doesn't make sense you kind of win it's like a yes. win-win situation yes <laughs> yes i like that yes life Perfect. is a lot about win-win it is <laughs> question number 3 is can you tell us about some workplace situations that highlight gender bias um, yeah that, this one that we just spoke about of course <laughs> Yes. So let's take because I said earlier, right, the disadvantage maybe in the hiring and promotions. Let me take these as two examples. So let's play that through, right? After an interview. Usually you have interview panels or multiple people interviewing a candidate and then there is a recalibration or people are getting together and say share what they have observed. 
And as part of that, let's assume a colleague says that they did not like how the female candidate bragged about her strengths and accomplishments. That's interesting, isn't it? And in those moments, I think it's about asking the question, what if a man would have done exactly the same and talked about strengths and accomplishments? And isn't it not the whole point in an interview to talk about your strengths and accomplishments in a job interview? If not there, then where? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And How then, about the yeah. path to promotion areas? Yeah. Any appraisals. Oh, we covered promotions. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even there, I think that that can be a very interesting one as well, right? When you think about just a woman asking for a promotion and then, you know, maybe being then described as being overly ambitious, which is an interesting one, right? Don't, don't we want to have people who say, I can do more. I want to do more. I want all ambitious people in my team. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, <laughs> yes, I would love that. But I feel like as, as, as women, there's a bit of stereotyping in the game. And I would describe it as there is an expectation that women selfless and given. And you get actually more criticized when you will appear to be, you know, out for yourself and compete for a bigger job. Which is an interesting because if that would be a man and they are driven and ambitious, then we tend to think well of them because they show those qualities. All right. What strategies do you recommend to combat gender bias? I think there's a few very practical ones. And I the first one starts with starting every day was being aware that we are all subject to gender bias and enable ourselves to react and respond when we observe gender bias. The, the second very practical is when we find a moment where potentially gender bias is in the play to speak up in that moment for that person. And that in combination with the how, right? I've, I, I said earlier, it's a good tool to ask questions, right? To make people think of what they just said and have them bring through again why they justify, you know, she is not appearing as a leader. So why is that? What's missing, right? Um, and then the recommendation is always to stick to the facts, right? In my earlier example, I said, like in that promotion example, I said, because other people around would say like, but her team is, you know, providing excellent results. So what is the missing attribute in her as a leader, which is really sticking to the facts, right? Not making something up just to be, you know, in that moment wanting to be nice or supportive because we feel there's gender bias in the play. And then the last point is as a leader in large corporations or in your work environment, advocate for policies, because policies are very good um, to generate the ground rules, how we work together, 
or if there's any process change needed. For example, in talent reviews, you could say there's always one person who is having a special eye and ears, any bias going on, and then help the group to get through questioning through it and reduce it. So how are you and your organization adapting in the current economic downturn? I'm wanting to really know the outcome of what happened at your wave session with the other people in your organization and how you guys really decided to go go forward, making sure that all awareness was on combating gender bias in the workforce. I think you mentioned in the intro that that was our second time that we were doing those ally advocacy circles. And we really doubled down on the participation and we asked for feedback. And I mean, I was also approached very often, you know, just walking in the company or maybe on different meetings I jumped on. And the feedback was that everyone really liked the way we um, got everyone together and talking about bias. And we ensured that also by having, you know, male, you know, male and females equally represented in those circles. And with the additional material to just get the conversation started, very, very often people felt like it was good to set time aside and talk about this. Talk about that with your coworkers, what moves you, what is your concern, what is the other side experiencing, right? And we had examples like, Imagine, right, you as a man jumping on a call and everyone on that Zoom call is a woman. That's not happening that often. And we and then we had one male colleague who shared that experience and said that that was for him so eye-opening, being, you know, for the first time in his uh, life, right, the, the one and only man and how you engage with, you know, people who look and maybe talk and act a bit differently. Um, so our plan is to do it next year again for the International Women's Day and have the circles again based on that really great feedback because people still today, which is I think four or five months later, still talking about the event and continue having a dialogue with their coworkers in smaller group setting. You know, when they meet each other in the elevator, they just approach it differently because I feel like we help them to open up that dialogue. That's amazing. What a movement, a monumental movement inside the workplace. That is, yeah. Um, so redoing question, um, how are you in your organization adapting in the current economic downturn. Yeah. Let me a little bit expand what my organization is because Eaton is a large global corporation and is an intelligent power management company. And with that, we are playing in that big transformation and electrification. So for us, the big question is how do we bounce back rapidly and continue adding to the journey of the energy transition. So we are optimistic and we know we will get through it. Nice. Is there a blog, book, newsletter, website, or anything that you would recommend to our listeners surrounding gender yeah. bias? I, I really love that question because I use that a lot from other people. 
uh, because I strongly believe the more diverse topics you're feeding yourself, uh, the more wholehearted person you will become and great leader. So I discovered that right now, anything what is audible for me is easier to you know apply. Um, so I do a lot of listening podcasts and audible on my commute time. And apps like, you know, also Blinkers and Headway are a good source. Just if I want to get a quick summary of a book somebody recommended to me, because I, I'm sorry, I cannot read them all. So I start sometimes with that simple 10, 15 minute summary, and then I will make a decision if I add that to my complete reading list. And currently I'm listening to Q's. Small Signals and Incredible Impact by Vanessa Van Edwards, which was actually a recommendation of one of my women networks. And so, yeah, I, I live a lot by other people's recommendations. Thank you so much. I, I was thinking about you in the, the new, I don't know if it's a Winnebago. It's, it's one of those tin awesome RVs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about the audiobooks on there listening to the audiobooks as you do like road trips and things like that yes yes yeah that's 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 also beautiful and yes i do love uh, road trips um whenever we have a chance we do that and um you know that's a good time when you drive from north down to the south of the united states and then you can listen to nine ten hours audiobooks <laughs> right yeah <laughs> change your life oh yeah um the next question is who would you recommend that we would bring on the show yeah let me tap to you know when i follow your podcast there are so many different interesting topics so that's why i thought i i bring up a different topic here and it's about finance technology transformation and i would recommend barb edelporker she's the vp of finance technology at eaton and she's a great inspirational leader who is guiding us through that journey. And I think it would be just great to have her talking on your podcast. We'll have to tell the tell the tell the people, Arshal, you got that one. <laughs> yeah. And the last question here we have is how can people get connected with you after this podcast? Yeah. So LinkedIn is my best place. So you will find me there, Jenny Fuss at Eaton, and Jenny is G-N-N-Y-F-U-S-S. And I'm, yeah, I'm pretty responsive. Awesome. Appreciate that. Um, I really enjoyed having you on our podcast today, and thank you for being on our show. Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. Demandbase is smarter GTM for B2B brands to help marketing and sales teams spot the juiciest opportunities earlier and progress them faster. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunnyside Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and Demand Based TV. 